What's going on gorgeous soul? I'm your host Antoine Billboard. Welcome or welcome back to my channel and thank you guys so so much for clicking on this brand new and fresh and fierce episode of the Billboard Podcast, the show where we bridge the gap between the virtual and the spiritual. For today's episode, we are joined by the gorgeous, the scientific and the well-educated Emily Band from Othership. Othership is a breathwork and co-therapy oriented organization. They both have a live location in downtown Toronto and an app that you can download on your phone. So this is exactly what we're going to be talking about today, the science of breathwork and also the woohoo side of it, how to combine the breath with co-therapy and so much more. We're going to talk about trauma, science, healing, inner child, psychedelics, and as I said, so much more. <laughs> I would be so grateful if you could leave the show a five-star review. Not only does it encourage me to keep going, but it also pushes the show to more people. So if you're finding value in these episodes, if you've learned something, you could be that friend, that star, this hero, bringing the show to more people. And why not bring your contribution one step further? Spread the love, share the message, and share this episode with a friend. Now, before we get started with today's conversation, I would like to introduce you to today's episode sponsor, Othership. I think it's no surprise that since we're receiving the CEO of Othership on the show, that they were going to be the sponsor of today's episode. So if you'd like to have breath work, this amazing healing modality accessible at any given time throughout the day from your phone, you can download their application from the App Store or the Google Play Store by clicking the link in my bio. And now with all of that said and without further ado, please welcome Emily Band from Other Ship to the Billboard Podcast. Emily, thank you so much for being here. It truly is an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to get this opportunity to chat with you. I'm doing great. It's a little bit grisly yeah. over here in Toronto, but uh, spring is coming. So the light is at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Well, yes, it is raining here as well. The snow is melting, ice is freezing. We're getting all of the weathers all together. So it's interesting, but yes, you're right. Light is at the end of the tunnel on so many different levels. That's so right. I'm excited to start 2022 with some good spring and sunny sunshine summer. <sighs> so Emily, you have quite of a bio. I read what um, Taylor sent me. You studied in Ryerson. You have a master in health sciences, more specifically in uh, health research dissemination. So I would love you to expand on that in a second um you are a you were are you still a dietitian and nutritionist technically yes but I'm not actively practicing right now not actively so yeah you are really focused you have a good um school system background in sciences human health the holistic approach and now you have more what you called contrast therapies and of course the reason why you're here today breath work so um I virtually know nothing besides that about you and the listeners don't as well so why don't you kick us off with yeah maybe expand on your background what you've been through and how it sort of became what it is today and your motivation behind all of that totally I think overall, I've just always been interested in health and wellness. And that I think in high school, you pick something to study. And the only thing that I really saw that looked specific in the health arena was nutrition. Um, at that time, I was actually struggling with my weight as well. So that kind of resonated as something that I could learn more about. Um, and so I went to the University of Guelph for my undergrad in human nutrition. And then at that time, I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to pursue the dietitian path. Um, I, I wanted to learn a little bit more about the natural element of food. I think I was always, you know, joining these worlds of more holistic practices and then the science-based practices as well. So I was interested. I've been hearing about holistic nutrition and I wasn't really sure what it was about. So I found a program online and ended up going 
in that direction, learned so much about, I think more hands-on like cooking and recipes and the value of different foods. And, and then I decided actually, maybe I'm pretty close to becoming a dietitian. So maybe I should just <laughs> go for it and um, get that title as well. So I applied to a few different programs and I was accepted to the master's program at Ryerson that you mentioned. And it was a really amazing program. It was did the holistic nutrition degree. And through that, I decided, you know, you're pretty close to becoming a dietitian. You might as well see it all the way through. So I applied to a few different places and got into Ryerson for the master's program you mentioned. And it was really interesting. I think the combination of a few different things, like you, you mentioned, it was based on nutrition communication and research dissemination, which basically just means how to speak to people and the public about nutrition and health topics, which um, encompasses so many different things that I think that really spoke to me. It wasn't this like narrow track. There are so many opportunities for learning. And through that, you know, I worked at Health Canada. I had placements in the hospital, which I never thought I would wow. like, but I ended up really loving. So there was a lot of different opportunities for growth. This is so impressive. Like you literally have seen the field like the health system um, on so many different levels so you have this more technical um, background knowledge as well and now you're sort of migrating of course the topic of today's video is going to be other ship and breath work so I would love to know how it sort of migrated towards breath work this more holistic, um, often forgotten self-healing practice, just like yoga and meditation that are really known in the Eastern world that we kind of failed to bring back in the Western. So tell me, Emily, how, how did it came to your, how did breathwork come to your awareness? And um, how did you integrate it into your practice? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I think even as we're talking, really learning about how I really like this intersection between these alternative holistic modalities and then how a lot of them are, are based in science, even though the research isn't quite where people would like them in the ac academic community to really put the stamp of approval like this is a science based practice, but it's really getting there and there is a considerable amount of research on breathwork. I was really impressed when I started looking into it, but originally um, I actually got into it with my now husband. He went on a ayahuasca retreat in Peru and he was struggling with some addiction tendencies. And so for him, that was um, his path towards overcoming addiction. And when he got back, we were looking for practices to helping, you know, incorporate this into his daily life, how to have these different practices that you can go away and have these experiences with psychedelics but how do you really apply that to your day-to-day -day lifestyle and so we found breathwork and we found the hot and cold and we were doing you know I think Wim Hof was really our first exposure into that and we were doing this Wim Hof breathing exercise that was on YouTube like the exact same one every day and we both really loved it and you felt great after and then actually it was one of of our earliest dates he Wim Hof came to Toronto and we went to the big event that he was hosting and he filled this like giant kiddie pool with ice yeah it was wild we all got it together he was singing it was really it was fun wow go big or go home <laughs> go in the bath or go home <laughs> exactly <Literally. sighs> so yeah we kind of discovered it together and it was a really important part I think especially the sauna and ice bath and breathing, these three things, they all activate some of the same pathways in the body and can really help you shift your mood, shift your state in the moment. So they elicit very similar pathways and they were extremely helpful for him, I mean, and for me. Yeah, and since you have a background in science, I would love to dabble into the scientific part of breathwork. I am myself graduating a trauma-informed breathwork program, and there's a lot of, of course, module focus on trauma. I like to call it human-informed because it's really honoring 
everyone's different experiences and their past and how they are responding today as an adult. Um, but there's also a lot of science behind this, like nervous system, the CO2 levels, pH level, moving the breath, moving energy, like even the chakras that are nerve bundles in your actual body. Um, but before we dive too far into that, you did mention, of course, Wim Hof and um, temperature therapy. I would love to know, and the listeners are probably dying to know as well, how is um, uh, temperature contrast, how are temperature contrast, cold therapy related to the breath? I think for me personally, when I was, well, that kind of leads into how we found the hot and cold as well. We actually, since we did that Wim Hof training, we invested in an ice bath in our backyard, which was hilarious. And we kind of noticed that people started coming. Like I would be out making my morning coffee and I would notice there was a bunch of Robbie's friends in the backyard. Everyone was using the ice bath. And so it just kind of grew and grew. And that's how we started our first center actually was in our garage. Um, We had the ice bath in there. We moved it because the Canadian winter was coming. So we thought this would be a nicer experience if it was indoors, although many people have them outside. Um, Yeah, And we started coaching people through the ice bath experience using some different practices than you typically see. I think when you typically see, think of the ice bath, you think of athletes kind of post hockey practice, like I go in and I sit there and it's very athletic focused, but not really that expansive practice that is possible with the hot and cold. And and so we started using sound healing. We had some sound instruments out there. We were guiding people with their breath. And we just noticed that when you combine this practice of deep breathing and extending the length of your exhales, you're able to just ground yourself in this experience and really have these meditative type experiences where people would proclaim to me that they had tried to meditate for years and years and they had never felt as close to actually being deep in a meditation as they were in the ice because you have that just combining that intensity of the experience with your breathing it just really elicits a beautiful it's like surrendering to the body to the experience and kind of would you say it's an out-of-body experience? Because you have to almost shut down your senses in a way and be like, okay, I'm bigger than this. I'm higher than this. I'm going to get through it. It's like stepping into an altered state of consciousness or your higher self, if I do say so. Absolutely. And I think it's extremely empowering for people. I think, you know, that word comes to mind when you see everyone is really nervous at the beginning. I mean, doing an ice bath, there's a lot of fear around cold and cold water. And when they do it and they were nervous and then they step into it and they, you know, feel that determination and then they step out and they're just like, yes, I did it. And you're getting these, you know, endorphins to the brain and you're just feeling amazing. So yeah, absolutely. What are the benefits, long-term, short-term? Of course, you just mentioned endorphins. But since we have a scientific on the show, a scientist, I would love to know the benefits. Call this exposure. It's really interesting that I noticed there's a lot of overlap between the some of the benefits of cold exposure, heat exposure, and then also with breath work. Um, with cold exposure, obviously inflammation is the number one thing that comes to mind. So it's extremely powerful for reducing inflammation in the entire body. It's actually been shown to increase the number of white blood cells that people have and the number of white cells that you have is actually associated with longevity. There's studies in cold water swimmers and to show that they have higher counts of white blood cells and that actually also do people that live over a hundred. So that's really interesting. I'm going to go take a swim in the river before the ice melts down, baby. (laughs) Yeah, hundred percent. And then also this boost of norepinephrine, which I referred to before, which just sends this powerful mood boosting feeling through the body um, 
it's really amazing. Just, I think that's the one you notice the most when people come in and they're really shy and then they get out and they just feel so good. And that allows you to just change your state for the day. I mean, maybe you're having a bad day or going through different things in your life. And this just allows this, you know, immediate response when you get out and you're just like, oh yeah, I feel so good. None of that matters. And um, I'm feeling really good. And then the last thing that I usually touch on is the meditative experience that I mentioned before and it just allows you to really turn off your mind and have this amazing feeling of clarity and stillness like sometimes you're in there and you just feel so present it's insane <laughs> I think for me that's something yes, that I look there's to the most. from my perspective this common general state of apathy in the population like people think whatever state they're in is there to stay. But emotions are like season. We flow on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Women go through monthly cycles, but we also have this huge power that we have maybe forgotten or left behind with the breath or with the body itself. Like the body is so wise. We have so much strength. And with the breath, there is just a way to step into other states. Like, just like you said, like people maybe are in a state of apathy, boredom, um, uninspired. And then just by putting their body in a colder temperature, you walk out of that inspired, motivated, empowered so there's just a way there's a way there, if there's one thing I can say to people like there is a way and it doesn't cost a lot of money you need a bunch of ice and a pair of lungs that's it <laughs> it's so true and it's one of the most amazing things about breath work as well I mean you know the ice to have isn't as accessible on the spot as your breath is I mean it's with you all the time you don't need a single piece of equipment and it directly taps into your nervous system. I think that's something that we've forgotten is there's stretch receptors in our lungs. And when you take a deep breath, you're actually directly tapping into the autonomic nervous system to help yourself relax and unwind, you know, calm down. And a lot of us are just kind of living in this constant state of fight or flight. So even talking about it, you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel so good. And what something that I really, really loved is, you know, moving a lot of energy really quickly and then moving into a top hold for as long as I can. And I've been asking this to my mentors and they were struggling to answer. But since we have, again, a scientist on the show, <laughs> sometimes I have this tension in the solar plexus or in the heart during a top hold. And it's nothing that worries me, but I was just wondering if you had an, expl an explanation and another thing, sometimes I feel like I'm about to faint. Like the tingling, the lightheadedness is just really intense. And again, it's not unpleasant. I come with like my childlike curiosity. So I want to push through. And every single time I try to go further, because I'm like, ooh, what's on the other side? Am I going to meet Jesus? Um, <laughs> but is it possible to faint? I mean, with the lack of oxygen, maybe, but is it what's happening? Or like, what's going on? Explain us, enlighten me. <laughs> Emily, please help. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, when you're doing that really intense in upregulated breathing, we call it. So you're, you know, breathing really out, really in and out vigorously. And then you're doing these holds that you mentioned, the breath holds, you are increasing the amount of CO2 that's in your body. And so that can elicit some of the tingling, some of the, you know, we get these like claw hands sometimes in your mouth as well. You have this tension and yeah, you're increasing the amount of CO2 in your body. It can make you feel lightheaded as well. Um, and so there are, you know, I would always speak to your doctor before practicing some of those really intense sessions. Um, and yeah, with the breath holds, you're, what I think is so great about doing these breath holds is you're improving something called your CO2 tolerance, which means your ability to tolerate that feeling of CO2 in your body, which is actually directly related to anxiety. And so when you improve your ability to feel this sensation of CO2, and then to, you know, just move through it, you're able to actually um, improve your ability to handle anxiety day to day. And it's also um, linked to, to various health markers as well, your, your CO2 tolerance. 
I have definitely seen a shift in my tolerance to stress, stressful situation. I procrastinate less. So there's a lot of benefits when practicing breath work. But one thing I would love to touch on, maybe you can, we can have your take on this. Why don't you explain us a little bit how the idea of othership, the location was birthed when it, when it came to your mind and what was kind of the process behind it? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I think the original the original location was in our backyard that that ice spot that we had back there isn't it crazy like Facebook started in a garage and so did other <laughs> ship exactly <laughs> so that was the original location all our neighbors and friends coming over to use the ice bath and then as I mentioned we ended up it's so funny you know Robbie and I had always talked about Oh, it would be so amazing if we had this backyard kind of shed with all the biohacking gear and we'd have the ice back back there. And then as we were hosting people in the backyard, we just realized that there actually was a garage on our property that we weren't using at the time. And so... Yeah, winter rolled around and we decided to move the ice bath in there and we purchased a little infrared sauna. And then because Robbie's sister is actually um, an amazing fitness studio owner, she just gave us the idea to um, put up a page on mind body and kind of start selling passes to this location. We got it rezoned. We went through the whole thing. And so we had Robbie's aunt as well. She designed the garage. She's an interior designer. So that was really lucky. And she made this beautiful container for all of these practices to happen. And yeah, it just all really unfolded well. So we had that location and we actually just started really doing well. And then COVID happened. So that, that was, yeah. So that's, it's all part of the journey though. And that led us to host these breathwork classes online because we were already doing some breathwork sessions in the garage as well. And so if COVID and the pandemic had never have occurred, especially in Toronto, you know, we had pretty extensive lockdowns here. And so we would have never started hosting Breathworks and we would have never had the Breathwork app. So everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. And so many people that come to this show share the same experience. I had a guest yesterday come record an episode. She's a comedian and right before COVID hit, she was about to launch, well, start her comedian career and do stand up. But then of course, all of the venues were closed due, due to lockdown. So she recycled the idea into starting a podcast. And now she invites these people um, to share about their healing journey and how they overcome their demons. And she always brings a touch of comedy, um, which is an amazing way to repurpose what she was going to be doing. And yeah, go, bringing breathwork online and birthing Othership, the app, could have never, probably never happened, or maybe would have happened later, but really was boosted with the condition that we have been put through the past few years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I think the community that we had in the garage was just so eager for these experiences at the beginning of the pandemic, where everyone was going through a really difficult time. And to come, you know, meet once a week and do these deep breathwork sessions together just provided a really nice reset for everyone and they were having these great experiences and then I think you know through the years I've tinkered with these online businesses and having you know a platform that you could serve people with a digital experience and then the breathwork just really fit perfectly into that so people were asking for the recordings of the session that we had done on Sunday and our numbers were growing you know we started with 20 people and then 50 and then 100 and then 200 and yeah asking for the recording so we thought oh we would love to offer this for people online and we built a, a little website at first and then um through that of course everyone loves the app experience more than logging into a website so once we were able to provide that it was it was a really nice transition so it happened quite naturally based on an exterior not a well it's very market oriented like you were literally responding to a demand that was directed at you guys which is beautiful like so many people struggle finding what to do but you just were asked and you delivered so beautifully like i mean i love the app it looks good the tracks are amazing and there's something that blew my mind when i uh, spoke with brian uh, one of the member uh one of the members at other 
Ship. You record the track in the same studio in Toronto that Drake does his albums. This is lit. <laughs> <laughs> I know when we got the studio, we started feeling very professional. You know, we're bringing the facilitators to record in the studio and we'll have to get you in there sometime soon. So that Yeah, was- I'm already looking to record some freebies and you know, royalty-free tracks that are, I would like something really specific and follow along with the beat. Um, so yeah, I would love. There's just like infinite uh, opportunities. And I think listening, like you are saying, we we're so in, in touch with our community and responding to their requests, you know, okay, we would like some more relaxing sessions. We would like them to be uplifting, but shorter. We would like a different style of music. And then so just following along to our requests and building out more and more options and now you know you can get really specific with the themes that you're guiding users through whether it's you know emotional release or coping with anxiety or loss or grief or you know there's endless things that you can help people with and yeah let's explore the app while we're at it there's one for the full moon that was great so I really did that on the last full moon this was really releasing there is things tracks to wind down at night before bed to kickstart your system in the morning um I love the blast off playlist really really love those like really under the 15 minutes mark but you're really feeling the lightheadedness and after that, I'm just like, what year is it? I'm ready to start my day. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that was something that we really experimented with because we wanted to give people that feeling that you can achieve with some of those longer, you know, like when you go do holotropic sessions, it can be upwards of three hours. Um, but how can you give that effect to someone and that real boost and state shifting effect in, in a quicker amount of time? And so that's some of the blast off. I really were, love them. Really and you just and you just that. mentioned holotropic breathwork, which is a little bit controversial. Like back in the 70s, it was like people, it was not recommended to certain type of people with certain uh, mental illnesses, but like that can last up to three hours. So breathwork is a wide range. And something that a lot of people say is, well, I already know how to breathe, but there's such a difference between just breathing and moving energy. Can you expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's just, you know, and when you even say breath work, there's just so many different types and styles of breathing. I mean, there's endless ways. And I think in breath work, I'm referring to just any way that you are actively altering the length and pace of your breathing. And so that can be slowing it down. That can be speeding it up. It can be holding your breath. And there's so many um different ways that you can affect the body there so it's a really beautiful process but it's so key here because especially with people with anxiety or more activated system to really slow down and have breath from deep into the belly up into the lungs will literally tell your mind that you are safe because your state of beingness will impact the way you breathe and vice versa so if you don't like this state you're in grab your lungs and move it totally it's it's so powerful and I think we're very unconscious and now especially because we're in front of the computer all the time I mean there's something actually called email apnea where we hold our breath when we're sitting in front of a screen and I think you can actually catch yourself like now that I know about it I catch myself every once in a while you like take this deep kind of recovery breath and you realize oh my gosh I've just been like in the state of fight or flight responding to all of these emails or you know working online and so I think we're in more need than ever I mean we're so disconnected from our natural rhythms and from nature we're just you know inside at the computer more than ever and so that's why people more than ever can benefit from from using their breathing yes yes it's like I hope for the day where it's going to become natural that the breath we're going to teach kids how to breathe properly how to meditate how to be mindful how to be emotionally intelligent and we're not going to need these extensive practices to you know I don't want to say fix but Yes, I'm going to use the word fix all of these years of neglecting your breath. But yes, as you said today, 
especially with the, the, the fast paced life that we have, breath work is so powerful to really ground back in the present moment and really claim your power and your sovereignty over your body, over your state, over the way you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It's so powerful. And I think I really like what you mentioned, touching on teaching children these techniques. I think breath work, because it's such a simple practice, you know, I think people struggle with meditation. I mean, that's a generalization, but it can be challenging to sit in stillness and just, you know, let your thoughts go. And that's something that that we hear a lot is like, I've tried meditating, but I've never really felt the full effect. And with breathing, because you're actively you know, actively controlling your inhale and exhale, you're able to feel it almost immediately. And with children, that's actually the most common request we've been getting lately. And so that's a category that I'm really excited to to dive more into is breathworks to do with your kids. And so just, you know, teaching them to self-regulate from such a young age, how to wind down from to go to bed. So that's really exciting. You've heard it on the Billboard podcast. First, authorship <laughs> will include breath for children <laughs> this conversation went into so many directions so there's science behind breath work but there was also a lot of woohoo like we mentioned ayahuasca and psychedelics how does the breath can induce psychedelic like experiences so i know like there's dmt third eye kundalini what's your take on that emily yeah so why it's similar, and I think, you know, you were alluding to Stan Groff and his experiences in holotropic breathwork. He actually designed to be similar to an LSD experience. Um, and so what is happening in the brain when you're doing this really intense breathing is that you're shutting down something called the default mode network, which is this thinking, ruminating kind of ego part of the mind that's really tight and really prevents us from having these deep insights that, you know, this innate wisdom that is already within us. And that's a lot of the experiences that people get through psychedelic experiences. Well, you're shutting down that part of the mind, the ego, and you're just allowing yourself to tap into some of this innate wisdom. And so that's why the experiences are so similar. Just like, as you said, psychedelics, I'm microdose. I'm on a microdosing protocol. And this is exactly what it provides. It shuts down this ego default part of the brain to allow source, life force energy, your innate nature to come through without being filtered by the, the thinking mind, the chaos, the frantic, and all of the neurotic habits that we are so used to. So to conclude this conversation and bring things back, maybe down to earth and circle back to the science, why don't we maybe share some of the science behind breath work? Um, for me, like my experience with the breath started a year ago. And what I really could feel is that I was like in my body for the very first time in a long, long time. And then as we just mentioned, the voice in my head stopped and I noticed it had stopped when it came back. <laughs> I was like, oh, she wasn't here a minute ago. How can I go back to that? But I always explain breath work, especially when I have nurses in my sessions I talk about the CO2 levels and the benefits. So it can increase immunity in the long run. We were talking about something at the beginning, reducing the speed at which you age. Um, and eventually I believe that reverse aging is going to be a thing with science. And I do believe that we can probably reverse age just by believing that we can, <laughs> by channeling this inner source. I mean, your skin looks gorgeous. So I want to know all of your tricks. And if breathwork and cold therapy are one of those, I will be doing them every day. Yes, let's bring some science as to how can the breath slow down the aging process, increase the immune system. You are talking about white blood cells and just improve your system in general. Absolutely. Well, it's a Zoom filter for sure because I'm pregnant right now and my skin has been insane. I don't even know how to tell you. It's never been worse. But thank you. I appreciate uh, the comment. You're welcome. <laughs> so I think for me in the aging process, the number one thing is that's very clear is that stress is just the ultimate for speeding up aging, you know? You don't want your body to be stressed out and any of these 
stressors really contribute to the aging process. And so for me, the unwinding down-regulated practices are extremely important and just feeling that relaxation and grounding. And like I mentioned before, the science behind those is that you're just tapping directly into your autonomic nervous system and you're giving that signal to your body that I am relaxed and able to directly calm down, reduce anxiety. So those are really beautiful. With the upregulated breathing styles, you're actually turning on your sympathetic nervous system, which you know people think, oh, why would you want to do that? But sometimes if we do it in the short term, um, um, yeah. And so with the sympathetic breathing, you're, you are, you know, turning on your sympathetic nervous system. But I think because it's short term, the difference is you don't want to be in a chronic state of stress. You don't want your sympathetic nervous system to always kind of be in that overactive mood. But if you're turning it on just a little bit for the short term, you're able to get this boost in energy and focus, you know, mental clarity and productivity. And so that's something that's really interesting. And then you're talking about the research for the long sessions as well. And a lot of of those are based on Stan Groff's research on holotropic breathwork and how to have these, you know, just beautiful emotional releases, people feeling a greater sense of purpose, of clarity in life, and just having these beautiful energetic releases that don't get day to day and those insights that we were referring to. So that's really beautiful as well. And although there's not as much research on exactly what's happening, there are quite a few articles about it. Yes, this is something that is coming more and more. And something that breathwork allows is to maybe increase your window of tolerance. There's something we call the window of tolerance, which is how can your system sort of go between activated to um, between fight or flight and deactivation and trauma will reduce this window of tolerance so you will more easily go outside of your window of tolerance and that's when you can go into a panic attack or a state of depression apathy breath work will increase that window of tolerance by as i learned today increasing your tolerance to co2 <laughs> which makes anxiety a lot easier to handle and like for me Oh, and another thing you mentioned is like when you go, when you do an upregulated to activate your system, why would people want to do that, right? We want to relax. We're already stressed enough. But I feel like you're just voluntarily tapping into this fight or flight sort of, because you know, when you're in fight or flight, your system is more able to fight or flight. So you're going to be more productive. But if you're constantly in that because in that state, because your boss is stressing you out, that's when you're going to deplete yourself over time. But I feel like if you voluntarily go into that state, you tame your nervous system, you train your nervous system to be more accustomed to these states. So it's easier for you to be productive in a healthy way. I really liked what you said about the window of tolerance. That's a really beautiful concept. And I think exactly right. You know, you want to be able to train yourself that when you reach these, you know, maybe an increased state of stress that you can bring it down right away and trust that you can do that. Yeah. And there's something we call titration, which is honoring your body's limits, honoring your body's timeline, because yes, you want to stretch your nervous system to go a little further, but you never want to go too far that it's going to be too much for your body to handle. You don't want to put yourself into a panic attack or you don't want to hyperventilate. It's always a question of having the foot on the gas pedal and the brake pedal at all times. So if you're curious and you want to go a little further, speed up the breath, um, increase the pacing that's always available, but you can always go the other way and decrease to go back to a more natural breath at all times. This is what I say, tell my breathers all the time, you're in control. I am the guide. I'm only here to support you, create a safe container, but you are in control at all times. And really understanding, I think that's exactly right. You know, you are in control of the experience, understanding your own limits, understanding your own body, your own needs, really tuning into, yeah, exactly what you need in the mm. moment. And I think some, you know, I get questions about where should I start? What type of breath work should I do? And so I would always just say, you know, really reflect on where you are at right now. I think for myself, you know, 
I'm pregnant. I'm on the stress side for Congratulations. sure. So I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I'm going to be doing as many relaxing practices as I can because I know that's just what my body needs. Right yeah. Now. So breath work is indeed available for pregnant women. So it's definitely controversial. I wouldn't recommend mm. doing the upregulated styles where you're, you know, altering the CO2 levels of your body as far as I've seen based on the research, but the downregulated practices of grounding, of breathing slowly. And yeah, that's I'm sure there's nothing wrong with a good yoga nidra with some soft breath for a pregnant woman, especially to, you know, make the pregnancy a lot easier and smoother and more like a positive experience. And congratulations again for the baby. <laughs> oh, thank you. I would love to design also some sessions specific for, you know, the pregnancy journey. I think that's a, a beautiful thing to do and get some of these deeper insights. Yesterday we did um, a practice that was just based on body gratitude, you know, examining like, okay, breathe into your shins and, you know, your shins are so amazing because they carry you through life and just really giving gratitude to your body overall and I think that was even more impactful because my body's growing a little human so I think you could do some even more targeted yes. sessions for pregnancy send some love and light to the wound and I mean you are in this moment right now so you are the perfect person to craft these sessions for othership again you've heard it on the billboard podcast first <laughs> <laughs> I'm committing to way too much here. <laughs> We're getting the scoops. We're getting the scoops. <laughs> and one, maybe another thing I'd like to touch on, we keep going. We, we still have a half an hour. So I'm happy to dive into more topics if more comes to our mind. But something that is strong, not strong for me, but I'm on a healing journey for myself. Shadow work, inner child work. And for me, in the past, and still a little bit to this day, understanding my trauma was really cognitive. It was a mental process. You know, I always use this analogy of this CIA agent or this police officer inspector with this board on the wall, with this picture of that person, the name, location, and these little ropes connecting the dots, trying to really understand what had happened to me, you know, like this person told me this, which led to this wound in my nervous system, and it reflects in that way in adulthood. But where I, I got stuck was I had all of this extensive understanding of what had happened to me and how it was reflected in my life today, but I didn't see any shift. I didn't see any difference, any progress, really little things, but not to the point that I'm capable of achieving today with more in-depth and in touch with my emotion practices, breath work included. What I say is, it's good to start in the mind. And I think we have to, we have to consciously be aware that events have happened to us, which have led to consequences in our nervous system. And, but once you understand that true healing will only happen once you drop, you bring it into the body on a somatic level, holistic level. And breath work is a powerful, potent modality that allows just that. In my understanding, trauma kind of creates a knot in your nervous system or a rupture, which on top of that is created a protector. Your protector can be the anxious, the avoidant, the procrastinator, the perfectionist, the, um, the addict, the dramatic, the victim, like all of these characteristic traits are protectors of a deeper rupture in your nervous system. And even though I had this understanding of my trauma... I always went back to the protector all the time. Like I, it was like this default mode, like we were talking about earlier. And I always use this analogy with braces. I had crooked teeth, which is kind of the trauma before. And now they're straight because that, you know, the braces have worked on them, but your teeth will always have a tendency to go back to their initial placement, which is the protector. Like your nervous system will always want to react the same way it has been reacting for the past years. And trauma, I mean, breath work really surprised me with how powerful it is. It's like your body knows. And when you breathe, you allow energy to flow in your system. 
And your body will send this energy exactly where the trauma is and flush it away. And it's not going to go into your deepest rooted trauma first. It's going to go where you can go, right? Breathwork beautifully respects the body's healing timeline. Breathwork will never put you into a situation that you cannot handle. And of course, it can be a little impressive at first. You can feel the tingling and that's your conscious mind going like, what is this? But the body knows and the body is wise. And I feel like breathwork is such a potent modality to bring healing to more people, more accessible in your bedroom without having to really understand. Talk therapy is amazing. But now I can release something without necessarily knowing what it is, but I know it's gone. And I know I created so much space, so much spaciousness in my system for more. And I notice shifts in my behavior. I notice shifts in the way that I present myself to people. I would have never launched a podcast a year ago. I don't know why. There was some limiting belief, but now I'm like guest after guest after guest lined up up until July. Um, And I will give all of the due credits that I can to breath work. Absolutely. I, I'm healing. She's on a healing journey. She's unstoppable. <laughs> That's amazing. I really love that. I think somatic work is so fascinating. I read um, The Body Keeps the Score last year, and I just blown away by all of the different practices that you can use to tap into this you know the body is keeping score of these traumas within your nervous system within your body and I thought it was really interesting Uh, my husband Robbie who's also a co-founder of Othership he talks about how when an animal in the wild say a lion gets attacked they actually shake off the trauma after and (laughs) you'll see them shaking it off. But with humans, we don't, we're very, you know, reserved. Obviously that would be an odd thing to do in society. And so we have all of these preconceived, you know, to keep everything inside. And there's just so many practices with the ice bath. We do something really cool as well that we learned, you know, when you get out, you can shake, you shake when you actually just at the beginning, when you do ice bath practices for, longer you actually start to heat your body up in a different way and so you stop shaking but if you encourage your body to shake so we started this exercise where you know you'll shake a little but then you like really lean into the shaking and try to get your body to shake as much as possible and that's a different type of release so you're actually just getting this tension right out of your body and yeah there's just really um and with breathing as well you know you're moving the energy around you're tapping right into your body and your nervous system so it's amazing. Movement, breathing, and sound are ways to release energy. And you mentioned that you incorporate sound healing, sound therapy in your sessions as well. Because um, everything is a frequency. We're all vibrations. So does the sound that you bring tap into that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's my personal belief anyway, is that these, you know, the sounds, they really do resonate with different parts of your body. And something that's really interesting. I know I'm talking about pregnancy too much, but I've had a few girlfriends that were pregnant and the babies respond to the sound healing like crazy. And it's the first time for both of them, they said that they were really able to connect with the growing baby because when someone played the sound bowl, they were actually moving around. They really, you know, reacted to that frequency. So that was so interesting and I'm excited to experience that's so beautiful because you know this baby being created is probably the closest thing to source ever that and of course somebody approaching to the end of their life but they're literally being pushed into this world from source so that they respond to sound means so much into the potential of sound healing if they're responding maybe it sounds like what it's like to be in the soul's world who knows They're like, oh, that's what I hear over here. (laughs) (laughs) Can't say that's based in the evidence, but I'm with it. (laughs) Yes, Emily, it's been such a wonderful conversation around breath work. We've covered the Othership app, the location, the science of breath work, and also a lot of the woohoo side of breath work. Again, 
It was an honor to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Do you have any last word you'd like to share to the children? Thank you so much for having me. I think, you know, thank you for sharing your story and your own healing journey and all of your own experiences with breath work. It's been so nice to hear and chat with someone that's so experienced in practicing breath work as well. So no, I think, you know, final words is just to really tap in and all the insights that you're looking for are inside you. Thank you. Such wise words, Emily. Where can people find you? Do you have any special offer at the moment? Of course, the link to the app will be in the show notes, but if you'd like to maybe add anywhere people can find you. Yeah, so we have for our breathwork, you can search othership.app on Instagram. And then for our physical space, which I don't think I mentioned, but we just launched our first flagship out of the garage into a real beautiful, full space in Toronto um, called Othership as well and that's othership.to if you want to check out some of the images there um, you can find us on both and then for the app we have a 7 and 14 day free trial so you can check it out there's no commitment you can cancel anytime and yeah we would love to hear any of your feedback I always just really love to hear from people about their experiences and if you have any session requests or any ideas you know we're always making new content and just striving to be better. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. What a wonderful pitch. <laughs> and I will make it a point to visit you guys in Toronto. The location does look stunning. The pictures are amazing. The logo as the doorknobs, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funky. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This was Emily Ben from Othership at the Billboard Podcast, and I will see you, all of you, next week for the next episode. Bye, guys. All right, gorgeous soul. Thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of the Billboard Podcast. If you find value in this episode, please go ahead and leave the show a five-star review. Not only does it allow me to keep doing my thing, but it also brings the show to more people. And if you've learned something, why don't you take your contribution one step further by sharing the episode to a friend? I remember in my own personal growth journey, I just loved when people would send me an episode that they thought was resourceful. So why don't you be that friend? Share the love, share the message, and send this episode to a friend. I thank you in advance. I'm so grateful that you're here. And now, if you'd like to, let's hop right into another episode of the Billboard Podcast.